change your attitude, it changes your behavior pattern. And then you go on into some action. And we must continue to follow the dictates of our conscience, even if that means breaking unjust laws. What do you call second-class citizenship? Why, that's colonization. Second-class citizenship is nothing but 20th century and slavery. And I do not plan to cooperate with evil at any it's point. It's time today for us to start doing some standing and some fighting to back that up. Yo, what's the deal, guys? What's the deal, Peace. fellas? Peace. Peace. What up, what up, though? Good to be on. Yeah, man, it's good to see you guys, man. You know, um, the way that we met, the way that we come together is amazing. And so it's good that we can get a chance to come together to do something that has a very good purpose. Um, you know, we've had a chance to talk about what we're doing a lot, but I don't know if our viewers are going to know. So I want to go about letting them understand what we're doing here um, while we're on the call. Like, you know, um, Chaka, I talk to you all the time. Adam, I talk to you guys. And we all talk to each other so much. And there's been so many conversations that we've had that feel like, man, like what if we could have that conversation in a way that other people could share that conversation and uh, share in that conversation, I should say, where they can understand some of the things that we bring up. Because I feel like some of the topics that we bring up are things that everybody wants to really chime in on. So, you know, um, I'm I'm really happy to, you know, know a diverse set of brothers who have something to add to conversations and whatnot. So, Shaka, I want to get a chance to uh, hear a little bit about you. You got your art in the background. I love to see the things you got. What's that about? Well, I'm let you know my name is Shaka. Um, I am a teacher, artist, uh, activist, priest. I do a little bit of everything. And so, um, but I'm also uh, very proud uh, to be here, you know, to be able to talk with my brothers. You know, um, I'm, a, I'm an educator, you know, I'm a, I'm a person who believes in knowledge itself and being able to, you know, speak from my own experiences you know, which are many. Look, I'm ready to have some fun. I'm ready to talk about some topics, you know, so it's a little bit about who I am. The art and stuff, I have tons of it, you know, um, we can get into that type of stuff. I'm a painter, I'm a tattoo artist. Um, I do murals, I do a little bit of everything. That's know? awesome, man. That's exciting stuff, man. Adam, man, what's going on with you, man? What's good? The bandana. <laughs> bit you know so well my name's adam obviously we go back to what 2000 2001 you know, yeah about, about this time oh one and uh yeah man i'm you know repping columbus ohio as uh as our good lb will call it ohio <laughs> uh, and uh yeah man um also educator uh, and just a grinder, man, like a mentor, you know, activist, um, you know, sports connoisseur, music connoisseur, hip hop connoisseur, you know what I mean? Like I, you know, I, I try to give those the best moments of, uh, of black excellence in those things, man, and, and just really, uh, you know, also a father and, you know. Maybe I don't know. Back in the day, it would have been called. We didn't have the word influencer, but man, I would like to think that I got, you know, maybe a few nephews, a few sons out here. Man. So yeah, man, that's the reason why we get a chance to chat with each other, man. We get a chance to keep it, keep it, keep it cool. You know what I'm saying? Oh, by so the like, way, by the um, way, what's welcome, up? You know, what I mean, like formally welcome to the the gang, gang. You know, like I'm two years in the game. Shaka, I know Shaka is, you know. 13 years in the game. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Dang, man. <laughs> 2020 been a crazy year, and having um, a newborn is 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 really great, man. So that, what, what do our kids got to grow up in, man? Like, you think about, like, what do our children have to grow up in um, this next, like, like, we just had an election, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. so, you know what I mean? Like, like the leaders, the new leaders that, that we have, you know what I'm saying? Like Biden just got it, right? Biden and Kamala. What y'all think about the street? What do y'all think about the election? Like, what do y'all think about? Man. Adam, what you think, man? <laughs> oh man, you know, I 
I'm pretty excited about it, man. Like I, I'm, I, I have muted excitement about. I'm more so excited about just the change, man. Like I just yeah. think the, the way the, the direction that things were going in, it seemed like things were becoming more and more polarized and more and more divided. I think more than anything else, and it's not on some kumbaya, you know. I mean? I'm I'm all about collectivism, and you know what I mean, like circular economics. You know what I mean? Like I, I wasn't mad at anybody who sat out or you know who voted for Trump. You know, what I mean? even like you would like it's that's fine. But at the end of the day, like uh, I'm looking forward to seeing like uh, what the incoming administration is going to do as far as like tangibles. That's been that's been a buzzword this past election season from a lot of conversations that I've had with uh, with you know good brothers brothers that I respect intellectually that either didn't vote or didn't vote you didn't vote for the same person. Yeah, my daughter. That's that's my two year old. Hey, she's hungry. She's hungry. Black father. But yeah, other than that, man, um, you know, I'm just looking forward to seeing what they do. Honestly, man, like, you know, immediately, like, immediately after they get in there, like, the first hundred days, period. Yo, man, I would like to see some, like, respect given back to the office, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like these past years, man, like, like, the respect for the office of presidency has gone all the way down, you know, because of the type of stuff that we've seen, like, I mean, I feel like these past four years, we've never seen anything like this this is like beyond even Richard Nixon type stuff, you know, that we witnessed these past four years. Like you think about all the things that Trump has done in the office, you know what I'm saying? Over the four years, some of us have never seen this stuff before. You know what I'm saying? Like ever, you know, and um we didn't know how to react to it. You know what I'm saying? And so like it's good to see somebody that's gonna come in and, and just change things, you know, um, bring some more respect back. Oh, yeah, like dignity for sure is the, you know, I think that, you know, for whatever gripes people have, and I've heard many different ones about, you know, President Obama um, and what he did or did not do for black people. Say what you want about that, but I think that just the esteem that he brought to the position, the the job, the, the actual job of being president and being the, the quote-unquote leader of the free world, like, you know, that that should carry a certain amount of um, esteem and dignity, you know? So, um, you know, I don't think Joe Biden, I I can't see Joe Biden sending out like a a Twitter flurry at like two or three in the, two or three in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Or like a Twitter. Yeah. I actually will miss, son. Like I'm actually going to miss that. No, me too. Like, 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 Trump was on Twitter just going ham, like, yet Kanye or somebody, like, you know what I mean? Like, what the? I mean, the funny thing about it to me is uh, when when you think about the whole administration, uh, what we saw over the past four years, I think it's important for um, us to have a takeaway, like, in terms of, like, what is it that we learn, you know what I'm saying? Like, we fail at something is when you have the most opportunity to learn. You know, most of the time when you are on the upswing, when things are going well, you usually just accept those things are going well and you don't, you take it for granted. Um, I think that what we learned this year is that, or over the previous four to five years, is that the uh, division that our country faces is a real thing. Um, one of the things that I used to see whenever I would listen to Donald Trump speak is the cues that he would use. Like a lot of the cues that he would use in terms of the people that he was reaching, the types of hooks that he's using to reach them were the same types of hooks that you would have found Adolf Hitler using to attract the lower class German people to understand that, oh, these people in our communities are affecting us and ruining our communities because we appeal to white nationalists. Yeah, exactly. So that type of a uh, conversation is what got people to the point where they started to uh, see the Jews as the problem, and then eventually get to the point where they hated Jews. And so what I'm saying is, I saw a lot of hatred that started from division, and I'm expecting our country to learn how to heal 
in the opposite direction as far as learning a little bit more um, unity and togetherness. Um, regardless of whether you're on one side or the other, I expect to see a little bit more like progress in terms of like us being able to relate to each other. We got a new woman uh, vice president. Exactly. Uh, new first, right first female, the first uh, female vice president is an African-American woman. That's something to be said. And then we got the first male gentleman, first gentleman of the country, her husband, the vice gentleman, vice oh, right. gentleman. <laughs> That's true. Man, what does that got to be like, like to be the, like if it flipped, like what, how would y'all, would y'all do that? Like, could you accept your wife being the president? Yeah. If my wife was the vice president of the United States, I would have no problem with that whatsoever. You're the first, sir. The first, what, do you, what would they call you? The first gentleman? The way it depends on who it is. Might call me the same name I used to always be called. Hold <laughs> up. Remember when they thought it was going to be Sarah Palin, though? Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Sarah Palin somewhere right now, Saudi as fuck. Like, damn. Like, oh, like, Kamala, you know, she probably like fucking her name up all kind of ways. No, it's so many salty white women out there right now. Son. It's like, who, uh, even uh, what's the name? Hillary. Hillary got to be a little salty. You know what I'm saying? Hillary, uh, what's the other white woman um, that just ran? Uh, Warren. Warren. Hey, like, shout out to Warren, though. I, I mess with Warren. Shout out, yeah. She was cool, you know. What do y'all think causing the divide in the first place? Like, um, when when we look at where we about to go in the future, you know what I'm saying. We have to we have to think about like um, being in a position where we have an opportunity to change what we've been in to where we're going. You know what I'm saying. So I want to really get a chance to talk to you guys a little bit about um, how our country has been divided. For a while. Hold on. I mean, you know, our country's been divided. Since slavery, you know, what I'm saying? like the production assistant just slid me a note that said, "Shout out to black women for uh, showing up and showing out." What is wrong on the vote? But oh yeah, but also, but also, shout out to you know the the OGs, the our elders. You know what I mean? I I know that um, you know my parents both in their seventies. They both voted uh, by mail absentee. And, you know, a lot of other, uh, you know, voters in swing states, uh, states that Biden wasn't expected to win, especially immediately after Election Day. Cause, you know, I think for the most part, a lot of people that showed up on Election Day were more so leaning towards Trump supporters. And then, you know, once they and then I found out that some of the states, they didn't even start counting the mail-in ballots until that day. So it's like once they started counting all those mail-in ballots in some of these major cities like Detroit, Milwaukee, you know, even Arizona, you know, like there's other places that, you know, usually lean Republican, vote red, that Biden won, um, you know, it's completely shifted in a matter of like less than two days. Like the night of the election, it did not look in any way. Like it was a sure thing that Biden was gonna win. It actually, and you know, Trump basically announced yeah. that. Like, See, but that was that was the craziest thing about it. Well, a lot of people don't know though is that um, Biden is very conservative. Like a lot of people look at Biden as like this liberal guy. No, he's not. He's a super conservative. Yeah, he's a conservative. I would say a centrist or a moderate, but you know, he's yeah, definitely not. In terms of like on the Democrat side, he's not like. AOC or Ayanna Presley or you know even uh, with this, the mayor Pete Buttigieg, like he's not like one of the more uh, left or liberal Democrats. He's more of a centrist. Yeah, know? but that's what I'm saying. Like the white college um, community, you know, what I'm yeah. saying white college. Like those are the folks who are like out there voting like crazy, you know, in those states. And so like those are the folks that you know Obama was able to get. You know, what I'm saying. Biden was able to get them. Biden was able to get them as well this time around. Now that doesn't mean that like every. I, I personally feel like that crowd looks for big personalities. You know what I'm saying? And so like somebody like Trump could have very well swayed them, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? But you know what I mean because Biden has 
because Biden had like you know more of a uh, more of a, 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 a liberal type of plan. You know, they kind of went down. And I, I, I mean, I personally don't like either one. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not a Biden or Trump fan at all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know, I can I can respect. My thing is we, we can't really uh, always get upset about people having their own opinions, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, in the future, we got to get to a point where we understand, like, when a person say they don't want to vote, we can't keep, like, ostracizing that person for not voting. Like, if it's your opinion, I know people say, oh, yeah, our ancestors died. They died for a lot of things. But I'm not going to continue trying to tell somebody who say they don't want to vote that they're doing something wrong. I also don't want to tell somebody who is voting that they're doing something wrong. Because I've seen people who get upset, you know, now that they're looking at the statistics of people who voted, 80% of the black men voted for uh, Biden, but then 20% voted for Trump. And so they're looking at it like, Oh, well, these black men voted for Trump. So now that information, we're going to have to deal with the future of people running around talking about a black man. Oh, you probably one of those dudes who voted for Trump. Nobody deserves to hear that kind of talk in the future because this is dividing us amongst lines of political dogma. And that's not what we need right now, especially in the black community. Like, for us to get Absolutely. to the point where we're starting to look at, oh, the black women voted for Trump, I mean, uh, voted for Biden, or the black men voted for Trump, and then turn that into a conversation about how the black man isn't looking out for the black woman because he's voting for Trump. Those type of conversations are right around the corner because of the voting statistics that they're putting out about the demographics. And the thing that troubles me is, we're supposed to be going to a place of better unity in this day and age. And what I mean by day and age, I'm talking about the Aquarian age, the time frame that we're in, like the generation we're in. We're supposed to be more unified. So the more I think about we're talking about in our moment of excitement, oh, these people, they went this way. They voted that way. They voted that way. That's yeah. something that makes it hard to talk about this whole thing. It's like we end up making somebody out to be bad person. Well, yeah, I think there's a conversation. There's a whole conversation yeah. about like the way, and I do think there's a distinct cultural difference in the way that our people talk about voting, and the way that we'll say the. Uh, I used to back when I was an educator in school. You know, we had black and white teachers and students, but people. Some one of the teachers, one of the, my elders, she would say, you know, we have beautiful people and wonderful people. So the wonderful people, the way that they talk about voting is completely different from how we talk about voting in our community. Like, for example, like the, the way that we talk about voting is almost like on the group chat sometimes or in the Facebook comments. It gets wild. Like, you know, what I mean, to where cats is literally like about to say, like, yeah, like up your address. I'm about to pull up. Like, you know what I mean? Or people will say immediately because I'm not with you're, that shit. You're not because supporting you're Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. Man, yeah it's like a shit. first take style, like, debate, you know, where it's like, oh, so you with Biden. Like, oh, so you with Biden. Like, oh, you really, really, you really rock with Joe Biden. Like, and see, like, like, yo, like, yo, yo, that's the problem. See, I think we get mixed up, like, black politics versus like Western politics, right? Yeah. Like this type of stuff happens in Haiti, right? Where a group, or and in Jamaica, where a group of black folks, a community will back a politician and now, and then another group of black folks will back another politician and now they out fighting like there is a gang war and stuff like that. Like we, we have to be careful because like we get kind of emotional when it comes to like leadership and choosing the leaders and stuff like that. But we, we can't forget like, Black people have been voting Republican for years. Black yeah. people have been Democrat for years. Yeah. So, like, we have to remember, like, and guess what? Both black people who are Democrat they, and Republican be... have been hung by, yeah. you know, white nationalists back in the day. It didn't matter if you was black Republican. There's some people who are black Republicans got killed because they're black Republican. There's both groups people. still have common interests. Both groups still have common interests. And since yeah. we both have common interests, we should be talking along those lines versus yeah. along like Republic. We should be playing both them yeah. with what's going on. Yeah. Uh. So well, there's yeah, room man. for Kanye and there's room for Kanye. Hell no, there ain't no room for Kanye, son. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> Proverbial uh, dog. Down. Everybody needs to have a say in the contract, bro. But why not? Why get not? this Negro a strength. No, for real, yo. Like he needs some. He's, he needs bro, some. Sixty thousand people voted for Kanye, bro. Oh, right, Kanye, bro. They would have voted for Mr. Pencil too if you would have like like wrote his name in there. Like, Look, okay, I got honestly. Um, considering yeah. the merit of what you just said, before we move on to the next, I topic. would consider it. I'm not saying I would. <laughs> I would. I would at least consider it. Here's the thing, man. Like, I think I'm prepared to open my arms up to people that have different viewpoints and. I think that we need to be comfortable with the the black man who doesn't have the uh, liberal opinions, or the you know the person who wants to go a different direction from what the norm is going. Because honestly, I think that that's only fair. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that we can continue moving forward in this situation where if we got Republicans versus Democrats, we got bipartisan to politics, but we're going to look at somebody who decides to go one way or the other. Uh, you know, a certain direction. You know what I'm saying? Because that's where we get to this division. It's like the proverbial, like, um, when they start to say, like, the lesser of two evils. You know what I'm saying? It's like they pit one person against the other, and they can use that to kind of make you pick from the same pool. Like, you know, these candidates are really not people who are out here who live in these communities that we are expecting them to actually affect. They don't live in these communities that we expect them to change. They don't come from these communities. So right. we expect them to change them. We're, we have to be the ones who do that. And we have to figure out some, you know, change uh, uh, initiatives that don't require us going to the ballot every four years. Because that seems to be what I see most people get involved with. I think black folks feel like that's got that's like the answer. You know what I'm saying? Like go to the ballot. And that is not the answer. That is a answer. That is a way. That's right. a pathway. That, but that is a strategy. But that is not the way, you know what I'm saying? I feel like we feel like we're a monolithic people and we're not. Like there's some black men, honestly, black people, we're, our values are more conservative. If anything, our values are more aligned with Republicans than Democrats, you know, honestly. But now when you're talking about like, you know, um, the, the history of like the Democrats supporting certain things that black people uh, support, then, you know, so it's kind of like it's been a flip flop through history. You know, like uh, Lincoln was a Republican. You know what I'm saying? The person right. who freed the slaves were a Republican. You know what I'm saying? The person that signed the civil rights bill was a Democrat. You right. know what I'm saying? And so, like, we have to stop looking at it like which side are we on versus like what are, what are our interests? Like, that's right. how the Asian community comes at it. What are our interests? And which, and which, and which side is offering the more like tangibles? that align with our interests as a community. So so uh, the thing is like a lot of, uh, and, and I wouldn't say that by any stretch that our community is the only people that's guilty of this, but if you look especially at like the Hispanic community in Florida, you know, with what they did with Biden, um, with the messaging on the Trump side and aligning him with being a socialist, like you said, like Biden is by far not the most left, you know, like that's somebody more like Bernie Sanders or AOC. But what they were able to do with their messaging is basically make Biden and Harris seem like they were going to be socialists, right? Which is, which is like they're the, like probably the more the most conservative out of all of the Democrats that put their uh, name in the ring for president. Biden and Harris were probably the safest, most conservative ones. But you know why that was, yeah. Didi. You know why that was, right? Well, but well, that was that was a strategic move, which was but, like. But you know the history of why the reason why they did that is because the Cubans that lived there. Oh yeah, oh for yeah. sure, yeah. That came from Cuba from, and Castro yeah, and everything. From Castro, right? So those yeah. those They're are extremely anti-socialist. Yeah, right. But um, but the but the funny thing is, if you talk to if you talk to some Israelites and you know some people in our community, they're just as extremely anti-socialist as those Cubans. Those Cuban Americans, I should say. Right, right. But yeah, right. like there, like there's a lot of people in our community that are just this, or you know, they may be older and grew yeah. up during the Cold War, or you know, during Vietnam and all those things. They're also extremely anti-socialist. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I feel like also like black folks during that time. You said the older black folks, 
had to deal with being called socialist, right? And yeah. had to deal with like um what they call it, the red scare and all that other stuff. Yeah, that's Belafonte, that's Du Bois, that's yeah. You know, no matter James whether Baldwin. you have socialism, yeah. Marxism, fascism, whatever ism you have, we got to start finding the things that actually bring us together. And one thing that brings us together is sports. You know, our country is going to start needing to lean on uh, things that we don't look at politics being the lines that we draw. You could be in a sports game and sit next to somebody as a fan, and that person can have political opinions that completely differ from yours, but you can enjoy yourself right there next to that, um, you know, uh, fan. And so that's one of the things that sports allows. Uh, and honestly, even though I know a lot of conscious people don't really ever want to be a part of the sports world, the way I see it, as long as we have black men and women who dedicate their lives, in some cases, time of their lives to being a part of a sport and they go and become employed by these sports owners and leagues and commissions, I think that they need support because a lot of times when you really look at the world that they're in, it's very difficult to um, uh, feel prosperous sometimes, to feel successful. They may make all the money in the world, but they may still be missing and lacking some of the things that they feel like make them a whole person. And some of those things are things that the community can offer them. But because we live in a situation where we look up to these people and we see them as millionaires and we see them as somebody completely beyond us who we are, we like to try to leave them out on their own to kind of figure out the world. And sometimes they're in situations that they've never been a part of and they don't understand. And uh, I always want to say it that way because a lot of times, especially when my kids growing up, I used to look at sports like a circus, like people who play sports or clowns. And we have to look at it like, oh, these guys are just getting paid to toss a ball around. I don't look at it that way anymore, though, because I'm looking at it like, man, somebody dedicate their life to something, they mean something to them. And, um, and so with baseball being a sport that has kind of helped bring African-Americans to sports in general over time, uh, looking at the World Series, I was touched by the fact that Mookie Betts was a black man who actually helped win the World Series. So, like, I just kind of wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about your understanding of sports and like um, how you accept sports into your life, knowing that whether you play it or not, you see the people who you are uh, in your communities want to either be a athlete or a rapper. So sports are going to always have a part in our communities. You know what I'm saying? So I want to get a chance to hear a little bit about what you guys think about that. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it first. Uh, I mean, I think that my interest in sports overall over the past, probably now closer to 10 years, but like five, 10 years, uh, I mean, there was definitely, because I remember 10 years ago, that was around the time, like the whole LeBron Miami thing happened, you know, that's, I, everybody knows I'm a huge LeBron fan, whatever, you know what I mean, like uh, LeBron stand, but I'm saying like in terms of just like, Sports and, um, I mean, it's a distraction. You know, I, I think that as, you know, these incidents have increased with, you know, the, the, just all of the, the social justice aspects, you know what I mean? Like, you know, LeBron is on the Lakers now. He just won a championship with the Lakers. He was doing, you know, they when he was on Miami, they were protesting. You know what I mean? Like, they, that was seven years ago. It's like the shit is old, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I remember going to Mike Brown protests and, you know what I mean? Like, uh, due to New York, Eric Garner, you know what I mean? Like, these are all, uh, you know, incidents. And then the, the whole thing with Colin Kaepernick. And I remember when we was, you know, supposedly boycotting the NFL, which I never really got into because it was like, right. you know, the NFL is built off of us, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, I wouldn't even have any interest in the NFL if there wasn't, you know, dudes that I remember when they came up through whatever That's what college they went to. Like, yeah, you know, like, you watch and his, value for the the sport, his, his yeah, value yeah. for the sport and his ability to impact millions of people, as it were, comes from what you just saying. It's not because he's the only football player and he came to the sport. It's because of what built everybody that made them come to that sport and look right. at it like that. So for us to turn around and be like, oh, we want to tear that down, I can't I can't really be a part of that. I mean, if you look at somebody like Lamar Jackson or like, you know, 
Deshaun Watson, like these are guys that I watched in college. You know, what I mean, when they came out, you know, what I mean, there was probably some other dudes, you know, who don't necessarily fit that prototype that uh, you know, got drafted ahead of them. You know what I mean? But but like, you know, it's almost like when you see them winning MVP or, you know, you know, producing at a high level in the pros, it's like, you know, when we was coming up, it you know, the black quarterback, guys like Warren Moon and Dante Culpepper, it was like a novelty, right. you know what I mean? Like, it was almost like, oh, well, you know, black quarterbacks are, they're, they're more running quarterbacks. They're not like guys that could throw for 400 yards, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I feel like they've definitely shut that stereotype down, man. Like, you know, so it's, a, it's a new era. I, I have to say, like, you know, for me, I've always saw sports as like a distraction, right? Like, when I was younger, um, I was more into like contact sports. So I wanted to do like like wrestling. I did wrestling. I did fencing. Mm-hmm. I did uh, karate stuff like that, you know. And so like I've always looked at you know like like what Nate just said, like throwing the ball, like you know it's just like a a bunch of waste of time. But then once I got into college, I got a chance to see like this actually helps some brothers get through school. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you think about a lot of the young boys who are saying, like, I want to be a football player. I want to be a basketball player. What a lot of them are really saying is, like, I want to be able to use this as a vehicle in order to make something of my life. And there aren't too many choices out here in our communities and sports. A choice is an option for black men. You have you think about how many black male coaches there are out there that are uh, supporting black men being fathers to boys who don't have fathers. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, I would never want to take that away. You know what I'm saying? Like, my son, you know, he's done football. And I remember taking him out there. He was a corner, you know, and his, like, football team was, like, mostly African-American boys. And you just see, like, all the black male coaches and, like, you know, showing up there as a dad. It was just, like, a it's just proud moment. So, like, you know, I don't, I don't feel like that should be ever taken away. But when we get into, like, professional sports, I think, you know, there's definitely that owner – versus player type of dynamic that needs to be really studied in order for us to like, you know, like make sure there's some sort of equality, you know what I'm saying? And I, I'm thankful for, you know, I, and I know they're millionaires, but you think about these owners, they're billionaires, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, I feel like the, the the people who play sports, they get an adequate amount of money, don't get me wrong, right. but I feel like they still, um, they still should have some sort of like ownership of the team you know, like they're out here running, like breaking their necks, getting concussions and shit like that. The health of the players are not like, you know, focused on. I feel. Yeah. And when you talk about it from that angle, you bring up a whole nother issue when it comes to sports, because um, black people have in a lot of ways saved the country with sports because the distraction that you say, we might use that word and talk about it like, oh, the boo hoo on that. But really, that's a big thing to have a distraction during a time like what we went through this year, 2020 pandemic, um, civil rights movement, everything like that, having sports was a distraction, but it was a needed distraction for people who felt like the anxiety level may have gone up too high for them. Some people might have felt like it was an untimely distraction, but nevertheless, I do think that that's what sports has always been, uh, you know, part of it. And so for black people, men and women to be a part of that distraction a lot of them faced a lot of uh, mental anguish, mainly because it's difficult for them to feel confident in being a uh, part of the distraction in the community that will get people to start thinking about the, you know. So what do you think about how that might have affected some of the brothers and sisters who might have had to go out here and play sports to make money because that's what they signed up to do. But now they realize that that's being used to kind of keep their, their the, the community divided. Check this. Real quick, I just want to say, like, you think about, like, with sports, a lot of cultural wars have been fought through sports. Believe it or not, like, you think about, like, uh, Joe Lewis and Matt Schmeling. That was a cultural war, you know what I'm saying, that happened inside of the ring. And, you know, black people was able to just watch, to be able to watch something like that. Muhammad Ali, to be able to be so, like, bombastic about how he, how he feels and and then decide that I'm gonna uh, not go to war like you know the statements that they make is is uh as athletes you know go around the world my back AD go ahead 
Oh, no, nah, I just I actually had to look something up because one of the points I wanted to make was like with this whole thing, even just watching like the bubble um, and the way that sports came back. Um, I think that just proved the point that you was making earlier about like, you know, it's it being a distraction um, from the election, from all of the social justice issues and how they try to incorporate that messages on the court. Like some of that you could say it was corny or cringe, whatever. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, the, the players wanted to, if they basically said it on those terms, like if we're going to come back and we're going to play this game, um, you know, then it's going to be on these terms. And then even when, you know, Jacob Blake happened, um, you know, they, they had a boycott again, like in the middle of the playoffs. So, you know, and, you know, the players in the WNBA is like other leagues that also, you know, baseball, you know, there, there were baseball teams that got in front of that. And, uh, yeah, like, you know, sports have become less, I guess, significant to me just because, um, you know, there's other things, um, there's other things going on. And, you know, but I mean, I never really got out of watching, uh, you know, certain sports or NFL, whether it be M- NFL or NBA. I think I definitely stopped caring about baseball as much. And, you know, I grew up playing baseball. My dad coached me in baseball growing up, like coached my team. You know, like, I think that think is a whole makes an impact then? Do you still think that sports has an impact in terms of, like, social change and, like, getting people to actually motivate new ways? Like, obviously, when Muhammad jumped out there and he was like, you know, I ain't going to go out there and fight against the people in, you know, another side of the country, I mean, uh, 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 planet, not going to go fight people somewhere else when, you know, I'm fighting for my life out here where I live. You know what I'm saying? Um, That was a point where that had social implications for sure. Uh, And you knew that he had something to lose. He went to jail. You know what I'm saying? And uh, for for us to look at it now, like, do, uh, do sports athletes still have the same thing at state? Do they still have the ability to say to have the same kind of mark on the community as as they used to? I think is I think it's possible, but I think that some um, athletes choose different ways to do it. Like you have some athletes that you know create their own foundations. You have some athletes you know that create hashtags. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you know depending on the the, the person and their desire to help make change. You know. That's that'll you know you'll you'll see those actions happen. Identity versus identification. Um, whenever you look, uh, look at the word identity, you're thinking about how you see yourself, who you see yourself as. You know um, who you identify yourself as. But then you think about the word identification, which is very close, but it's not exactly the same. When you think about identification, that's actually what you're willing, what you're able to require other people to see you as, what you're able to say to someone, this is what you can call me, and what you're able to put on something like an identification card, you know, that makes you um, uh, able to be in a, a, a status of some sort. So, you know, pretty much government name versus art- artistic name. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, uh, with the Nation of Islam, as Muslims, a lot of people used to clown the Muslim community men who would change their names and say something about the fact that they changed their names, but they had a Christian name and then they had this Muslim name and they would use that as a point to pick on people. But that was a point of power for people like Malcolm X to go from Malcolm Red to be the man that he became. He had to change his name. He couldn't go from that same name that he was before. But, you know, um, even when you change your name to a more cultural name, is that really you identifying with your true culture? You know what I'm saying? And so I, I wanted to, you know, delve into that a little bit, man. What you got to think about the difference between your identity and your ident- identification? Uh, I, I got that one uh, right off rip, man. Um, so uh, I did just recently did some more uh, digging into um the history of uh, my daughter's namesake, which, um, you know, as you guys know, I'm born and raised Christian um, and practicing Christian, but my daughter has an Arabic or a Muslim name. Um, her name's Amina. 
And I knew that, you know, the translation in Arabic meant honest and trustworthy. Um, some, I think there's even some translations like almost like friend of God. Um, but uh, there's a historical reference too, which uh, I first learned about, I don't know, I, I know I first heard the reference probably in 97, 98, but that's on The Roots' first album, uh, or first proper album, but Do You Want More, the, the silent treatment. So the Black Thought version of that. I know what Queen Amina, Hype 5, 7, something, something. So he mentions Queen Amina, which is an actual uh, Nigerian queen, um, 16th century queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, she was a warrior. And this is what I was learning more about today. Like, um, you know, she, her brother actually, when their father died, her brother assumed the role of uh, the leader of their tribe. Um, and she, you know, went to train and become like a great warrior in general. You know, uh, she was a strategist, um, like a war general and, you know, led their uh, army to great battle victories. And eventually she became the, the first queen of their, their people um, to where she was uh, you know, the unquestioned ruler. And then the, the, the wild part about it was um, I wanted to, uh, you know, I, w- I had this idea where I was going to like do the whole uh, Kill Bill get up where I was going to be Pime for Halloween and she was going to be uh, Beatrix or B. You know, like that. You know, so I was gonna be the sensei, and I was gonna get her the little yellow jumpsuit, like with the sword. Yeah. And they got a video on uh, BBC.com talking about Queen Amina, and they show her with the sword, and she riding on horses, and yeah, and a warrior. And they said whenever she would win a battle, she would take a husband, and she would have him for one night, and then the next day she would have cut their head off. You know what I mean? Like you know what I mean? Executed nigga, like. You know, I mean, one night, one night, a nigga, and then execute a nigga. Can you imagine? You know what I mean? That was <laughs> that was her get down. Look, I, I'm not trying to have that. that's something to aspire to. We gonna talk about a badass, like yeah. Let me uh, let me pick up real quick with identity versus identification, right? Like, I feel like as black people, we came with one, and then we were given the other. So, like, we came to the shores with identity and then we were given an identification right and since then right. we've been kind of trying to like fight fight it off you know what i'm saying or rename redefine you know what i'm saying ourselves um you know whether it's through our identity trying to get back to that or trying to identify ourselves through some sort of identification to let everyone else know this is who we are right and also while trying to filter in like American shit, right? The American way of identifying, which is right. a little different than um, the way that we as, as black people normally like to identify. You know what I'm saying? And so like, you know, it's through that confusion, I feel like the identity, our identity and our identification has become somewhat confused and, and mixed up. Some of us don't know our identity. Right, but that's the point that I was making because that can cause mental confusion and that can cause mental instability and in some cases mental disorders. I mean, honestly, if you were told that you are not even human, you know, for generations, at first, like think about it, how crazy it is, right? The first generation, people to come up to you and be like, "You ain't no human." You're like, "Man, what the get the hell out of here?" You know what I'm saying? And then they kill the first dude that do that. You know what I'm saying? You be like, oh shit, they really meant the fuck they talking about. And <laughs> you know, that first generation, you be like, God damn, man, these, these people really want to tell us that we ain't human, bro. Like, we gonna have to let them people really have it the way they say that it is. But right. then the kids gonna have that fear. And then the next generation, and then the next generation, next generation, and it get to the point where when we trying to recycle it back, we can't even really get to the point where we starting to be like identifying ourselves as humans properly because we start thinking about the stuff like with voting. So the way I look at voting is it's just the bare minimum. Like if you don't do anything else, the least you can do is go stand in line for 15, 20 minutes and vote. 
them yeah. like and you don't even have to know all of the names, but you should because that's like your responsibility. It's your longer than 15 minutes. I mean, <laughs> you ain't gonna be yeah, in there. For I, well, you gonna be in there for Talking about, you know what I mean? I chose I definitely way, but, but you know that that was because a lot of people. Uh, I would say more people, definitely for sure. This uh, and four years ago came out to vote. Um, you know, I also voted in you know the the midterms and the last you know just every election since 04 and the, the turnout was crazy this year so i mean i think that that just spoke to uh the type of leadership that we have for the last four years and the fact that people you know one way or the other definitely felt strongly yeah i mean we, like this president more than any that i can remember brought out strong emotions on both sides um but uh but i think it's definitely time to tone some of that down, man. You know what I mean? Like the the way that we're living, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. You know what I mean? Like it's still not like there's other bigger than just political affiliation. Right. Uh, that, can I turn real quick? Yo, yeah. I think that like um, with the whole voting thing, like black people definitely should be registered to vote. I don't think that like any black person should not be registered. Yeah, right. And the reason why I say that is because that's where they pick the juries, right? And, like, if we're not on those juries and we're not able to do, like, you know what I'm saying, help give our voice when it comes to said crimes that are put out there in courts, you know what I'm saying? So we need to do that. I think with that, like, you know. The other reason why I think that we need to make sure that we register to vote is because even though there's going to be a certain number of people who don't vote. And I think that that's a good thing. I think that the people who are the non-voters, they're in a position where they're telling the politicians, hey, you haven't found out how to bring me to the party yet. You haven't invited me to the party in a way that I feel comfortable coming to the party. And I'm definitely not going to put on my best outfit to come to your party when you didn't even invite me. And I think that that's, what the non-voters are not knowing how to say and there's no platform for them to say it properly and they honestly it's difficult to have people really listen to it and 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 vibe with what they're saying because how many people gonna listen when you're saying hey the reason why people don't vote is because they don't believe that they're gonna that what i want is even on the list of things um being discussed so you know, I think that we need to have the avenue for people who don't want to vote to be a part of the number that politicians see that they're missing and registering to vote, but not voting will allow people to be like, OK, well, these are the people that I haven't even reached because you don't even know who you're missing if you don't register to vote. I think yeah, that's, that's strategy, that though. That's strategy that that's looked at. You know, more like an octopus versus like a donkey or an elephant. Like right? you got your hands in everything, right? Like your hands are in everything, so you could be able to pull things together when necessary. Like, okay, we're we're, we're not voting. We have this block of black voters that have decided they don't want to vote. Well, what are y'all gonna do for us? You know, what I'm saying. Okay, that's what I'm saying. That 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 what what I'm saying is that uh, the fact that. Trump increased his uh, vote amongst us, amongst black men, this past election, almost doubled it, should show, should be a, a shot to the Democratic Party to say, y'all missed an opportunity. Why is it that after four years that Trump increased his support amongst the people that have been your base for the last however many decades? That that should alarm the Democratic Party to say like, okay, what? So I mean, it's like they have to meet people where they're at, you know what I mean? And a lot of times, uh, you know, that's on us as well because I think a lot of us only stay engaged for like the year leading up to the election, and then people are going to stop paying attention and go back to their own life because right now there's a lot of shit going on, and it's like everybody's kind of worried about what's in front of them. So it's like, you know. The other three years, when it's not an election year, people say, oh, yeah, you know, I don't get into politics. 
Yeah, I mean, it's relevant. Though. Yeah. It's relevant. When it comes to identity. But that's a failure. That's a failure on their strategy and other people. Yo, if they ain't talking about reparations, yeah. I don't want to hear it. Son. Like, I yeah. agree. Yeah. I agree. If you're a Democrat, Republican, independent, if you ain't talking about reparations, I don't even want to hear it. That's what I'm saying. Well, right. think about it like this. The Asian community doesn't have to worry about what's being said by the politicians. They got their community... They're doing stuff for their community. They know what's going to happen in their community, regardless. The Jewish community, they know what's going to happen in their communities, regardless. You know what I'm saying? And so we have to get to that point because we're at this point where we still believe that the change is happening through uh, electoral process when the change that we really need has to happen from our community. And that was one of the reasons why I even started this podcast, why we came together to do this podcast in the first place, because we need to start having conversations that can help people understand how to conduct a conversation between different types of people. You know what I'm saying? We got to start getting to that point where we start learning how to do that. And we start bringing those conversations to the forefront. And the black man, I think, is the bridge between so many different gaps that we have in our community and society right now. Um. At this point, you know what I'm saying? I just want to kind of lighten the mood, man. I was talking to somebody the other day, man. I was I was trying to um, go to the gym with my partner. And, dude, and I was like, yo, we're going to meet up at, at the gym, and we're going to play basketball. I like to play, you know. And uh, after I sent him a message, I was like, dude, we're going to go meet up at the basketball gym. Uh, gym. You know, dude was like, K. I was like, what the fuck, man? Maybe we're not even not even. <laughs> I didn't want to even play basketball no more. Okay, what you, what you mean? Yeah, okay. Like, you say okay, bro? Like, <laughs> what the fuck, man? Like, I was really pissed, bro. Like, I was like, how could you just really do that to me, man? Nah, son, don't don't send no K messages. Just wait a minute. Just like, okay, what's worse? Yeah, you just did Just the yeah, letter you K. K. Okay, you didn't say K. K A Y K. Now that's effort, bro. Now you really going overboard. You wouldn't put in effort, bro. You wouldn't. I don't bring- care if it's K K A Y. No one should be. No man should. No grown no, ass man should be sitting there going K. Nigga, Nigga, I need my O. That's just K. Your girl can send you K. Give me that. Oh man. Baby, baby, I'm on my way home. K. Right. Nah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's different than. Hey, you see, yo, you on that way to go play ball, okay? <laughs> nah. it, bro, you like, you don't want to have it. And then, and then what if you don't respond, right? What if you don't respond to the text message and it's just sitting in your text message? Uh, left is the message when you see your homeboy message and you just see K at the last. Then your girl pick up the phone and she see your last message to a nigga talking about some K. K. Like, what? Are you talking to a nigga talking about some K? 